This episode is brought to you by Third Eye Cacao. Third Eye Cacao is on a mission to preserve ceremonial grade cacao in the world and invite others on a journey from their head to their heart. Cacao is the fruit where chocolate comes from and is one of the most nutrient dense superfoods on the planet. Third Eye Cacao is known for its special elixir powders that they make with herbs and adaptogens. Each blend has a unique activation for the brain, heart, and body. Cacao can be a great addition to your coffee or a replacement and has the powerful ability to begin any day with intention and ceremony. Now, I'm a huge fan of cacao. Ever since I first tried it, I noticed its heart-opening effects. And Third Eye Cacao makes it super easy to enjoy its benefits. Just take a couple of the chips out of the bag, throw them directly into your mouth, which I like to do, or make a drink with it if you have a little more time. By the way, Third Eye Cacao is the best tasting cacao I've ever tried. So go to thirdeyecacao.com, and that's Third Eye with a three. 3RDICacao.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 11%. Once again, that's 3RDICacao with a 3.com. Promo code TIMEWHEEL. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside. Now this is a game-changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL.
right, we are rolling, and I'm here with my good friend Mike Brancatelli, host of Mikeadelic. How's it going today, brother? What's up? It's going good. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Glad to have you on. I uh, we just talked in, a little uh, in the the pre-pod chat about some recent podcast episodes you had dropped that I found very impactful. Really, a message needed for these times um, where we're much more isolated and to ourselves and you know essentially the message was around social media and social media addiction and the good and the bad of everything that comes with the power that these platforms carry you know what i mean like it's definitely not a bad tool i think just like with anything tools can be used for good or bad they can be abused they can be used well so i don't particularly think social media is bad inherently but sometimes we abuse it as you know people looking for connection people looking for feeling like people are seeing us out in the world as well and it's just a really interesting topic what what kind of brought you to do a solo cast on this episode and how has how has this whole story happened for you yeah i mean i i <sighs> yeah it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting journey, I guess I would say, because if you go to my Instagram, I, I would, I guess when I'm talking about social media, mainly I'm talking about Instagram. Um, I, I used to be kind of a Twitter fiend, but <clears throat> I got rid of that a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, excuse me. Uh, Facebook, I just don't really, I just kind of na it naturally just like fell off for me, yeah. you know? Um, TikTok, I never really got into, although I would see some people posting some stuff and I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but I guess it was just mainly Instagram. Instagram would just be on my phone. I feel like whenever I would drop a new podcast, I would put it up on Instagram and then I would be checking again to see how many likes or comments it got or something like that. Sure. Um, but it was Instagram was basically a place that I could just go and just mindlessly scroll Right. And I think that a lot of us do that. A lot of people who are on Instagram, that's a, a part of what the platform offers is discovery. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going on out there? What's, what are people posting? What do people have to say? What are people communicating? And we get a little peek and a little window into each other's lives. Mm -hmm. And um, like you mentioned, it is definitely a way for us to feel connected, you know, in this time uh, that we live in now. Right. Um, but I, but I just found myself like, I, I just was like, man, I, I'm just like mindlessly scrolling on here and I'm exposing myself to all these things that I really don't necessarily need to be exposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's like, it, it, it's not rich, deep content. It's sort of shallow passerby mild amusement. I would say like mild enjoyment and mild amusement, just kind of like, oh, hey, that, that's funny. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I'll message someone about that. It doesn't really offer anything more than that, really. You know, the mm -hmm. medium isn't really made for that. And so I I just was like, wow, this is <clears throat> this is really interesting that I engage in this uh, in a very like unconscious way where I wasn't really realizing it. So I decided to delete the app off my phone. I've done that before, but then I've always put it back on. But I was like, no, I'm going away. It was right before 
uh, Christmas, I, I went to go visit my family in New York. Then I went to go see uh, my girlfriend's family in Florida. And then I was in Arizona for, for something. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'll just get rid of it for this whole time. I don't need to be an Instagram. I'll just be engaged with people here. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so, so I deleted off my phone and I just, I noticed that like for the first two weeks, at least I would reach my hand into my pocket, grab my cell phone, open it up, scroll to the back folder labeled mm-hmm. social media, Yep. scroll to the back of that folder where Instagram lived, <laughs> click on, uh, try and click on Instagram and then realize, oh yeah, that's right. It's not here. Yep. I've so done that, that many times. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That was the natural like pattern or the unraveling of the conditioning that needed to happen was just the involuntary, unconscious, reach in the pocket, scroll to the back, try and right. open something. Oh, wait, it's not there. Yeah. So and it's always the- in a moment where we have like a downtime just for a moment. Like, exactly. for instance, I'm standing in line at the grocery store for the checker guy to like check me out. I can't just stand there and like be content with myself. I have to pull out the phone. Well, let me make the most of this one minute that I have and like catch up or see what's popping off on social media, anything new, who's looking at my stuff, who I'm looking at their stuff. And it's, you know, for, for a while it feels just like the new normal and that it's okay to do this because everyone does it. Right. But after Mm -hmm. so much, so much time wasted at a point, you start to catch on and you start to be like, why, like, why am I doing, why do I have this tick? That whenever there's a moment of downtime, I'm putting gas in the car. I have one and a half minutes while the gas is filling up. I better go look, right? It's like we used to never do that. We would actually get to sit with ourselves, think about stuff. Hmm, what what am I going to do next? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like instead, every microsecond that we have free time, sitting on the toilet, another example. It's like, got to check it, got to check. And this isn't just Instagram. People can be addicted to Facebook. People can be addicted to emails, texts as well. Like there's got to be some type of balance that we find where we're not constantly pulled back to this digital realm because as we know, it's not healthy. We've seen suicide rates amongst teens skyrocket. We've seen um, depression and anxiety skyrocket since these devices have become the norm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the the bottom line is that we're all looking for connection, community, to be liked, to be loved, you know, to feel like we're a part of something. So there's a lot of good intentions, but I just don't, it's just the 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 platform isn't made for that deep, soulful, nourishing uh, connection or that deep, uh, challenging intellectual curiosity. You know, I'll see maybe a quote or something that someone will put up. I'll be like, oh, that's nice. Or like, oh, yeah, that one really, you know, hits. And then what do I do? Just repost it. It's just, it's very, <laughs> fa- it's very fast paced and it, it doesn't allow time for contemplation or like sinking in really um, or nuanced debate or discussion, right? Like the comments section is notoriously known as like, the, just the battleground of like yep. trolls and and haters and toxicity, yeah, yeah, because it's just it doesn't allow for uh, a calm, balanced, nuanced interaction. Right. Um, it's just not that's just not the container that's set for this particular platform. So, 
Yeah, and it brings up the uh, it brings up the to my mind the concept of the keyboard warrior, right? It's like yeah. someone who would never say this to your face, who would never say this to almost anyone's face, now gets to be on their soapbox, get to be holy and holier than thou, and that they have all the answers. It's because there's like this screen between you all. You know, this is notorious in video games as well. Like. You're right. playing Call of Duty. People are super toxic over the mic, you know, but they would never talk to a person like that in real life. Well, yeah. And I remember in college when my friends and I played Halo 3 online, and that was one of the first games, I think, that had that like voice chat interaction thing. Mm-hmm. And we were in college and we, we were like, oh, this is like, this is kind of cool because we could go on there and we could just like talk shit to people. You know, and and yeah. it like it it wears out after a little while after the novelty of it because it's I don't know it's something new. So that was something that we were doing though in in person. You know, like we would mm-hmm. like say crazy things to people and stuff. So I I don't know maybe that's just a part of being a young kid or something like that because a lot of like what you're talking about these keyboard warriors like a lot of them are just you know either like young kids who just think it's funny mm-hmm. or people that are just really lonely and you know, um, are looking for, for some way to like be heard and mm-hmm. be seen, you know, mm-hmm. it's weird. And it can give us almost a simulation of being heard or seen. But I think the message I take more recently, cause this is also a new discovery to me as it was for you. Like, I don't really feel like it's doing what we think it's doing. I don't really think it's getting us closer. I don't really think it's productive. Because in a certain sense, for years, I would say running my social media is a business activity. It's promotion. It's I'm getting my name out there. I always felt like I was working by building up my social profile um, of, of whether it be, you know, my own podcast or, or uh, Time Wheel as a label. You know, we would push numbers, drive numbers. We'd feel great. We'd get dopamine release when we get an extra thousand followers a day or whatever. And, uh, you know, I chased that for years and we built up a large following and it's great. But like, once you get there, Facebook just took all the reach back away. And now what we have 400,000 people on our Facebook page and we reach less than 20,000 of them sometimes. So it's almost, it was all almost a facade. I I actually felt for years, like we had 500,000 people nearly like on our shit, you know, as, as users, and they make you feel like that, and then they just strip it all away. So, right, yeah. is it really as productive as we think it is to like build these profiles up? Is it really yeah. worth spending four and six hours a day, maybe more? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I. Yeah, that's the thing: is the algorithms change, the policies change. There's no one that you could like talk to or work with or anything like that. You know. Um, so. Yeah. And and it's like how I've always looked at it, like how much of these followers are actually converting into dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for, because more, the more listeners that you have, the more followers that you have, let's just say for the, for my podcast, for example, like I'm trying to spread the word of my podcast. I don't really see a correlation between social media and then listeners who then become patrons or listeners grow and then sponsors come it, it, it doesn't it doesn't directly impact it in that way i think that like 
for my in my personal experience, it seems like it's just more creating like awareness, mm-hmm. or that like for example, Instagram is it's like it's its own thing. I used to have a friend, Ed Liu, who um, well, I mean, I guess he's still my friend. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he used to do a podcast called Psychedelic Milk, okay. and he also ran an Instagram account called Psychedelic Milk. But the Instagram account wound up becoming way bigger than the podcast, and then he stopped doing the podcast, and I think he stopped the Instagram account, but he, for a while, was like doing like a lot of really cool memes mm-hmm. and just stacking up, I think, like 100,000 followers or something. But yeah. I remember talking to him, and he's just like, yeah, it's, 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 it's just nothing. Yeah. There's nothing here. Like, there's, there's no like conversion happening here, mm-hmm. you know, really. I, I really second that. Um, it's not an easy message for people to hear. I feel like it's not really a, a fun one to say either that, you know, despite everything, for instance, I was in a men's group one time and so much of the people in this group's, uh, goal, like they would say aloud, like my goal is to gain new followers, to gain a following. Like, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. here to increase my connection, to gain followers. Like, I'm really trying to, like, get my authority up in the space, and I want to gain followers. And I would always be hearing it, and they would almost, it was almost as if they were saying that that would make me happy. Like, mm-hmm. I would finally be happy if I just mm-hmm. had these followers and this authority. And then I'm over here with, you know, across the 10 pages that I help run, having, you know, millions and millions of followers yeah saying dude i'm here too i have the millions of followers you want and it doesn't make you happy right <laughs> you, you it, still, isn't it the same thing it's the same thing mm-hmm. with money like mm-hmm. that's it's the yep. same thing like it's like oh once i once i make six figures i'll be happy right you know one once i once i'm able to get the the new new tesla then everything's going to be okay like it's the same principle we, yep. we just fall hook line and sinker to that thing and then we're always like reactive and responsive and like basically hijacked to serve uh, a non-human entity's agenda mm-hmm. you know like which is the the algorithm the the social media platforms or whatever it is whatever is like you know sucking our time away and where whatever we're thinking is going to elicit the kind of end results that we're looking for by acquiring some number of things whatever it is mm-hmm. you know yeah, same thing with money. And there's this concept that um, there is a a wage or your a, a salary yearly that you can earn that essentially no more happiness will be gained the further you go past that. It used to be seventy thousand, right? Yeah, this is uh, Dan Gilbert writes about this in his book Happy, and I believe there's also a documentary on it. It's a, it's a really good documentary. There's one by I think it's. I think Tom Shadyac directed it. He directed um, some good movies, but um, but it's a right. good movie. It's a good documentary. I think it's based on Dan Gilbert's book. I believe he's a Harvard professor or MIT, one mm-hmm. of those smart schools. But he essentially says that <clears throat> when you, their happiness increases when you go from nothing to subsistence living. Yeah. So from homeless to having a roof over your head, food, happiness increases in that change. Then happiness also increases when you go from subsistence living to standard average like salary cost of living. 
then happiness increases again when you go from that to 70,000. I think maybe this book was written in like 2009 or something. So maybe it's a little higher now, maybe it's 100,000 or something because of inflation and stuff. But essentially after that, he says that there's no real dramatic indicators of happiness going up after that. And then they, right. you know, they did a study also too of like where are the happiest places in the world and why? Why are these the happiest places in the world? And they found that certain places in the Mediterranean, um, certain places near in Japan, um, and they interviewed a lot of people. They interviewed a lot of senior citizens as well who were lived long lives. Like there, these parts of the world people are living longer and are happier. And they found that it was basically because they had a lot of tight-knit social bonds, Hmm. essentially community. And also they're eating diets that are high in omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, a lot of fish, oil, things like that. You know, you think about Mediterranean food, you think about Japanese food, cuisine. So yeah, the 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 happiness index, mm-hmm. uh, which it's kind of funny because it's like, how do you really measure happiness? But I think there is something to that. There's also some, there's also happiness a high percentage of happiness in Nordic countries, mm. and they they saw that it's a lot of it is because of their social programs, how things are run, uh, the size of the country, mm-hmm. uh, and the general uh, consensus among. Uh, identity, uh, ethnicity, culture, religion, faith, uh, and right. those kinds of things. They're pretty similar. So if you imagine, if you will, tribes, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like it seems like we were happier when we're in a tribe, when we're a part of a small, tight-knit community that everybody is on the same page. And yeah. uh, when we try and homogenize everything into a global economy, a global world, a lot of people just don't fit in that mold. We can mm-hmm. adapt to it, but there's a lot of suffering, I think, that comes with it. Absolutely. Yep. I would definitely correlate happiness as well with the sense of spirituality, which you were kind of mentioning there as well, because with a sense of spirituality, I guess it can vary person to person, but I think of having a sense of purpose, of greater a greater purpose than just you're just here to live and procreate and die. Like, I feel like, when I get in touch with a spiritual dimension, there is there there is a clear message of you have a unique gift that only you have, that only you can bring to the world, and that's why you're here to share your medicine, so to speak. <clears throat> um, I yeah. think a lot of people that have podcasts, that are musicians, that are artists, that are entrepreneurs, feel this sense of purpose. Like, I can bring a new product to the world um, that no one else can bring. You know, my brother is an example with Sheath. Um, only he really could envision that and bring it in the way that it has come across in the market. And um, yeah, I feel a similar way about a lot of things. And that's why we kind of have such a good bond, me and my brother. But yeah, that sense of spirituality um, can really elevate your sense of well being and it not just be this materialistic rat race to get the status, to get the money, to get the car, to get the house. All that stuff's cool. It's not bad. It's not evil. But for you to think that that's when you'll be happy is misguided and misguided Mm -hmm. by a culture that promotes that for its own well-being, for its own profit. Um, Because I've went after all of these things. I've talked about this a number of times on my show about I wanted this car and that car and 
blah, blah, blah. And I thought I'd finally, like my dream would be realized if I just had this car I wanted to have when I was a kid that I thought would be like the ultimate toy. And I got it. And yes, I was happy for a while. I was happy for a few months and thought it was dope. And like I had finally like reached a pillar of my life. But then, you know, a couple months go by and then you're like, your mind starts looking for something else you want, you know, and it just mm-hmm. seems to be an endless thing. And instead, look for something a little more, I don't know, something you can carry with you at all times, which is this sense of spirituality. Yeah, it seems to be like, it's like I would think you would think that it, it, it's cliche at this point. You know, you would think that it's like, well, of course, yeah, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, yeah, of course, we always see these like nervous breakdowns, midlife crises. Like, of course, like the 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 story of the guy or the the woman that has everything but still depressed or they're doing drugs or suicidal or what. It's like, well, yeah, like it, it, it seems like it's it's all it's almost like an obvious thing, but. Apparently it's not. It, it's a very seductive uh, pull. It's a, it's got a very you know siren song esque quality to it. You know, there's <laughs> the, the the mermaids are singing their songs, and the and the pirates or the shipmates can't help but turn the ship in that direction because they're like, oh, maybe it'll be different this time. Right. You know, it's the sexy, seductive allure yeah. of the shiny new things, and it's filling a hole a massive hole inside of all of us right because at the at the end of the day all this is about is you know we're mentioning spirituality it's acceptance you know mm. ex- accepting you know who you are and 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 where you are and what what you're uh here to do or what you enjoy doing just accepting everything and then cultivating some kind of peace and happiness from that place and then everything else that comes after that is just like a cherry on top it's icing on the cake and that's, you know, the, the social media realm, the pop culture realm, uh, tr- technology realm a lot is trying to get us to say, hey, you're not good enough. Don't accept yourself. Be mm-hmm. better. Be more. Be different. Be not you. Be Ariana right. Grande or Pete Davidson or, right. um, you know, whoever. Like be, be these people, these people are cool and sexy and fun and rich and clean and nice. At least that's how it's portrayed, right? Right. That's how it's portrayed. So it's the same issue really. I I mean, as Terrence McKenna, you know, mentioned that the, the, the television is a drug in his book, uh, food of the gods. I remember he's talked about that quite a bit, but Mm -hmm social media is is the television of today yep. it's it it has the same has the same impact as when you know color cable television was available in every home and some homes had two TVs and you know uh, right so we're we're experiencing the same syndrome occurring of being lured into this seductive uh, dopamine releasing pleasure inducing immediate gratification drug Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're looking for some salvation there, uh, yeah. that never comes. It's just a carrot on a stick. Right. Yeah. The TV you can put in your pocket and pull out anytime, you anytime know? because yeah. the TV, even while it can be a distraction to a lot of people, it takes kind of being at home in front of the screen on your couch, whatever, like it takes a setting like with this social media, you can be anywhere. I was mentioning, 
at the stoplight, you know, filling up your car with gas, you know, waiting in line at a store or for anything, really. Mm -hmm. Like you can Mm -hmm. pull it out and get uh, your kind of entertainment filled, your entertainment bar filled in the little game that is The Sims, that is our life, just anywhere. And there are definitely drawbacks from this. I mean, I've read a number of books uh, one of the best books about this is called Deep Work. Oh, yeah. Cal Newport. Cal Newport. Love, Love Cal him. Newport. Love him. His interviews are great, too, when he's on podcasts and stuff. Yeah. And a he, couple guys I will quickly recommend. Ahead. Cal Newport, James Clear, Tristan Harris, and uh, Ryan Holiday. I think those guys are doing really good work around like digital minimism. minimalism. Yes. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so Cal yeah, Newport. Yeah, thousand percent. And it's really going into this like... We're trapped in a we're trapped in a rabbit hole that we can't get out of and we cannot get stuff done. But we feel as if we're getting stuff done. Social media like fills the void. Right. You know, to to make us feel as if we accomplished something today um, when we really didn't. We really didn't work on our craft, our art, our business, whatever it is, we just think we did because we fell into their little game. And mm-hmm. it's really just working for them. Like we're just becoming the eyeballs to the advertisers and right. they're making money on us. And I'm sure some people have seen the social dilemma. I've seen it, but really how many people have integrated that film? Not a lot. Like they can see it and know how bad it is. And right after the movie, get on Instagram, you know what I mean? So it's like, we yeah. can't be, it's an addiction. And yeah, I, and, I know. And, and there's an addiction to pop documentary syndrome. Like, mm-hmm. or I, I just, I'm calling it that. I don't know. But there's like what you just said is really important too. Let's not glaze over that because right. that that is like you hit the nail on the head. People will watch documentaries and go, holy shit, man, that's fucking crazy. Right. I can't believe that. And then talk about it for a couple of days or a week or something. And then after a while, just passes and they don't really take anything away from it and then another like documentary comes along as like, oh my god have you seen cowspiracy right dude it's crazy like it's just like we yep. we are getting hit we're, we're getting hit with so much shit good shit bad shit neutral shit but it's just like we don't know how to process it all it's like mm-hmm. so it's so much so i just wanted to comment on that thousand percent too no you're totally right you know you're totally right and i was going into the you know, I was going into the tangent about the addiction of it because I've noticed this and I don't want to call anyone out in any type of way that feels like I'm on a soapbox, but I definitely see people say, I'm taking a social media break. I'm leaving. I'll be gone. Right. And then they're back like very soon after, if not three days or less after. And it's almost as if like that never happened. Um, and it's, I've talked to a number of friends about this and it's not because necessarily that was some type of attention seeking, like, tell me not to leave thing, which is easy to kind of assume it might be, but it is that they feel as if they've exited the social sphere. Now, no one knows what they're doing. They don't know what anyone's doing and they feel alone and, Mm -hmm. They're mm-hmm. literally like they have no choice but to get back on this thing. Yeah, yeah. They've 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 wandered into the forest outside of the tribal village, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh no, it's scary and dark out here, and I'm alone. I got to go back to the village." You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's an interesting thing because I see it happen time and time again with account upon account that I follow. Some of them very conscious beings, very like woke, you know, people that I would I would honestly not expect this from. Um, it's like they're like, hey, I realize how toxic it is to be here, so I'll be I'm gonna be taking time away from social media. And I think I think I I, I really identify with the mindset, the thought, but then, you know, to kind of put it out there and like get the kudos and the signaling and blah, blah, blah. But then to come back and start posting more than you ever posted before, it's just, it just feels a little hypocritical, but I don't, again, I'm I'm not anyone to call anyone out, but it, it almost just feels like, yes, it's like an addiction. We can't, we can't leave anymore. It's the new normal. Yeah. And I think we're just witnessing how the, the real struggle between these individuals and this monster machine, you know, that, that is capturing a lot of our, um, attention and, uh, and yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to part ways with something where you have put meaning into or derived meaning from, you know, percent. I mean, not that I have all the answers, but I feel like a thing to do, this just calls to me as, as, as the, the Taoistic way is don't say you're leaving, just leave. Yeah. Then just come back when you're, you're ready to come back. Yeah. So what I, what I did was exactly that. I just, I didn't announce anything or anything like that. I just stopped, go, I deleted Instagram off my phone and I have Instagram on a social media folder, bookmark bar tab, uh, on my laptop. And mm-hmm. so what I started doing was, I guess, after maybe like 20 days or something like that, I was going on there and just checking messages because people were like, mm-hmm. I guess I had a lot of messages. People were trying to get in touch with me or something. So, um, and I have this uh, plugin called, uh, what is the plugin called? It's like, it's like distractible or oh so uh newsfeed eradicator is oh, the plugin so i plugged it in and enabled it uh on instagram so if i go to the like newsfeed section of instagram it just shows like a quote uh like a from someone famous so let's nice. see what it says right now if i go on instagram right now on my laptop okay looks like i have a message a like that's nice but then I go to the little house button. It says, the flame that burns twice as bright burns half as long. Lao Tzu. <laughs> Lao Tzu is my boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, you're just, you just mentioned him. Yeah. yeah. I love Lao Tzu. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I think actually Instagram on the computer is way healthier because we don't sit in front of the computer all day. Right. I mean, for the most part, you know, we all do have to go do groceries, get dinner, get gas, go to work, blah, blah, blah. So, like, in those times where you're at those activities, you're not, or, you know, even socializing, right? It's like you're not on your phone on Instagram right in the middle of seeing your friend you haven't seen in two years. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's another kind of bad thing I haven't mentioned yet, which is, like, when people get together, they're all just collectively scrolling. And it's like, right. what is going on here? Like, this is funky. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, we're all, we're all captured, you know, and it takes, you gotta, you gotta break out of the matrix, you know, or have some kind of uh, Morpheus rescue you. Totally. But I think that, um, you know, it's interesting. I had a college professor who didn't have a cell phone and 
a lot of you know students were like, that's really weird. Like, how come, you know? And he was like, I don't want people to just reach me whenever they want. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to answer to the demands and dictates of others at at their whim and their discretion. Mm-hmm. And we have all been captured into that into that way of being. Yeah, you know, if you think about it, m- most people feel that if somebody messages them that they need to message them back right away. hundred percent. You know, an email comes in. I got to respond to that email right away. A text message from a, from a friend, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's this reactionary thing. And I don't know if it comes from a place, I don't know what, what, what place it comes from. We could guess maybe, but I also agree with that sentiment. I don't want to be, I don't want to be reachable mm-hmm. all the time. I don't want to be in constant contact. Um, and I don't want others to expect me to respond when they reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that might sound like a little rude or whatever right nowadays, but it's me setting up boundaries and giving myself what I need to be a functioning, healthy individual. Yep. And I'll get back to you, just not not immediately. Right. And yeah, and and um and I think that uh that there's there's something really empowering about that yep. when you're like hey look this is this is my schedule basically mm-hmm. i i look at emails and dms between 4 and 5 p.m. every yeah. day mm-hmm. and that's when i get back to people yep. and i'm now working on that with text messages a little harder cuz they're you know some are time sensitive but I'm looking to see if there's any way that I could like set up. So that, it would be great if like there was a way that could detect mm-hmm. time sensitive messages. Yeah. Uh, but I like the settings on the new phone for work, for yeah. personal, for Same. do not disturb. It's really, really helpful. Yeah, I know you have that on your phone. So that's good to know. If I message you, I'm like, great. I know that Matt's in like a work mode or do not disturb mode. I'm not expecting him to get back to me. He'll get back to me whenever he gets back yeah. to me. Yep. That whole... Yes, that is really kind of the chunk, a main chunk I did want to get into in this, which is taking that power back and not feeling like you're being selfish. Rather, feel as if you're maintaining your health and your sanity and your vibration, because how can you give to others when you are empty yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I 10,000% resonate with this, this guilt of not responding instantly. And I, for years, did respond instantly. And, you know, one reason was I just felt like it was the right thing to do, um, that it was, like, going to get business done quicker, work done quicker, communication done quicker. Um, But after some amount of time, similar to you, how you recently took this hiatus, I started realizing that it's impacting me emotionally. And now when I get a text, I'm feeling this jolt in my heart, saying anxiety jolt, saying, you better get back to them now, like, I'm in the middle of trying to do something productive for my life, for my business, and now I'm interrupted because of the expectation of others that may not even be there. They may not even be expecting me to hit them back immediately. A lot of the people I work with are very understanding of this stuff, like yourself. So it's just like almost this, I've been trained by the phone to be anxious and feel the need to respond quicker or they're going to be mad at me or they're not going to like me or they're going to think I'm unprofessional or blah, blah, blah. Like so many things can come up in my mind is why I need to stop what I'm doing, drop what I'm doing and get back to 
whoever, whenever, uh, immediately. And that does not serve your path, your mission <clears throat> to, to be so distractible. Because how can you bring real change to the world when any little thing can distract you and send you off into some other tangent? And then when we talk about deep work, deep work means not changing tasks for an hour. Like one hour of deep work means you just edit your podcast for the hour. You just make your music for the hour. You just answer emails for the hour. Like you're not in the middle of answering an email. Oh, and then jump to the text and then jump to Instagram. Oh, let me come back to the email. That is not deep work. Right. That is distracted as fuck work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's daft work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Distracted as fuck. It's a... but how many people are doing that, right? I mean, I, I I would say that like, I mean, the last time that I worked in like an office uh, with people, everybody was on their phones, on their laptops, on, you know, Google Chat, Discord, Slack, um, WhatsApp, Signal, tell, there's so many, Instagram, like, it's just like how many people are constantly engaged in whether it's for work or for personal, it's just like a constant interaction on like messaging apps and mm-hmm. posts and other things. I mean, Twitter, Twitter is like a complete hellhole as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I don't even like when I, I remember when I when I was on Twitter more, I never go on Twitter anymore now. But when I was on Twitter, it's like the the world is a different place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's no matter what we interact with. I mean, you are what you eat. You are what you engage with as yeah. well. You know, it's like, uh, I remember, it, it seems pretty obvious, but I also remember another college professor who, you know, we took this course about, I forget what it was, but it was people that watched like law and order type shows, CSI, crime, murder, mystery shows for more than 30 hours a week or something tend to view the world through that lens, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, there's, oh, maybe there's like a murderer out there or like a, just whatever <laughs> yeah. the little like cute, like you, whatever we're absorbing, you know, you think about it. If you're eating shitty food, you're going to feel shitty. If you're yeah. absorbing shitty shit or neutral shit, non, you know, shallow, empty, not nutritious stuff, you're going to take on the properties of what you're, what you're looking at. I mean, just the yeah. other day I went on, um, dig.com. It's like sometimes, sometimes I go on there maybe like once in a while, just kind of like see what, what's the, uh, amalgamation of things that are happening in the world on the internet. Right. So yeah. I like went on there and there was like something about like some, some thing, someone murdered someone, this, that, the other, like I, I, I was, I was like kind of shocked a little bit. I was like, damn, like mm-hmm. that there's a, you be we become desensitized to pretty tragic and horrific things that happen the more that we're exposed to those to those things mm-hmm. um it can totally throw your day off yeah and it's and it's not even really our concern is it is it i don't know like i don't want to be insensitive and say like i don't care about the dude that died and it's all over the news but like does it truly impact us? Like, it should does I, for a second, you know, but should I feel like my whole day sucks now because I started it by seeing, you know, of course, if someone, you know, dies, so some family, some friends, even a friend of a friend, like it does impact you and it sucks. But like, 
in a sense of like the strangers and just the news. Like when you put the news on, it's always someone's burglarized, someone's dead, someone's shot. Some, you know, it's like, it's always like, it's just evil going on out there. And yeah. we, we've talked about this before. And then you step outside and the birds are chirping, right? The bees right, are buzzing yeah. and there's nothing really in your life that's going wrong, but you feel bad now. And it's like, is that normal? Is that healthy? Um, and even that the way that the news, us? yeah, even the way the news communicates it too. Like, I remember I thought of this kind of funny premise one time when I was like, I was in the car with my brother and he just had the radio on. I never listened to the radio. But he, and it was like, it was like, uh, a little girl murdered in Queens tonight at 10. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, what? Like, that's your, <laughs> that's how you present that information. Right. It's like a little girl was murdered in Queens. Find out what happened tonight at 10. It should be like, shouldn't it be like, Hey guys, like something really tragic has happened here. This is really sad. Right. And you know, but no, it's sensationalized and it's because right. we get that hit of like, Oh my God. Oh no. How right. terrible. We get the sort of mini shock and awe moment that like semi traumatizes us because we're empathetic, compassionate creatures. And then you know, all of a sudden our nervous system is hijacked and we're like, oh my God, like, right. you know, the world is crazy. This is terrible. And, and now we're sort of like more malleable to the agendas of the algorithms and the advertisers and the newscasters and everything. The more that they could like pump, you know, the more that they could, they could spike our, our fear levels or spike yeah. our, our dope, you know, whatever the fucking thing that I'm trying to search for the word but mm -hmm. whenever we can get into a heightened emotional state even for like a second then we're captured Thousand um, percent. same thing with like positive stuff whenever we get the the hits of the likes and the loves and all this stuff then we're like oh my god this is amazing and we're like more prone to, to continue engaging according to the the game rules of the of that platform and hope to be rewarded by it as well right Yep, thousand percent. And I feel like you almost just said the title of the podcast a little bit. I heard it in there, which, which more or less is you know how social media is hijacking your nervous system. Yeah, because it is. It's like grabbing. It's grabbing us and sending its signals through us, and we're feeling them truly. And especially as empathetic, op open, and aware people, like we're almost more susceptible to these energies. You know, someone with a super big, strong ego who thinks I'm the best, I'm the best already, like they see the shit and there's like, ah, oh, stupid fucker, you know, or whatever. Like we're like, oh my God, you know, like my heart hurts for you. Like these type, I get feelings like that all the time. And that's one reason I have absolutely slowed down on my social media uh, intake, posting, viewing, just time spent on it per day. Now there are, you know, there's a d d definitely as a marketer, a certain amount I need to be aware of what's going on and how to use the algorithms to move products and convert and whatnot as I do for Sheath. But um, as a consumer rather than a producer, it's definitely slowed down a lot and I feel better. It's crazy. It's almost like a different world. It's like a new world I'm in. Like, oh my God, I'm not inundated with these crazy thoughts and visions of what other people are doing and how dope it is and what I'm doing and how not dope it is or, or any of these things that people can have these thoughts about, you know, like, right. Like, how did you feel after you stopped like compulsively uh, checking social media? I felt great. I, I really, I felt great. You know, it was, it was 
Yeah, I, I think at f- at first, like I explained, it was just that un- involuntary, unconscious, like m- motion. It was like my brain signal, arm, hand, pocket, phone, out, scroll. Oh no, not there. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, put it back. So I I had to like allow that process to happen to form acceptance around this is no longer uh, a substitution for boredom or uh, an outlet for filling time or whatever the reach, whatever that was going on during the reach. So it, it, it triggered me to go, oh, okay, I'm compulsively checking something and unconsciously checking something. It's not there now all right, what am I going to do instead? But it, it kind of like just built up the awareness and the space of that. So after a while, it, it, it dissipated. Um, and and then it moved to just like taking my phone out. And I would just like take my phone out and go, oh yeah, why do I have my phone out? And then I would put my phone away. Yep. And now I don't even take my phone out anymore. And now I'm I'm working on leaving my phone, like if I don't need my phone, putting it away, getting it out of the room. Yeah. I, I realized the other day I would I I was watching something on Netflix and I'm just like, I want to just, you know, enjoy this show and watch this. And then I was picking up my phone. I realized, oh yeah, I'm picking up my phone. Hmm. Like I even pick up my phone when I'm watching something. Like yep, yep. holy shit, I am so distracted. Totally. I'm not only so distracted, but it's like for lack of a better term, that ADHD, because it's like, oh, wow, I have the capacity to engage with multiple things at once. So let me do that because more stimulation, more mm-hmm. excitement, more, you know, um, more of that feeling of like, oh, yeah, wow, I'm absorbing a lot. But then I, I, I was like, okay, cool. If I'm going to watch something, then I'm going to put my phone somewhere else because yeah. I'm watching something right now. thousand percent. You know? And so same thing with with work and stuff like that it's like if i'm working on like i edited a podcast yesterday i set a timer for an hour and i start i edited and then when the timer went off i took a break for 10 minutes and mm-hmm. a lot of the times i'll pick up my phone and i'm like i don't even know like what am i even looking for on here right i don't even have anything on here anymore really that 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 i'm looking for so it's um i'm, I'm retraining myself Yep. to to be more present with what I'm actually doing and looking for long-term sustained satisfaction, pride and nourishment with right. with with deeper work and and deeper uh, a deeper way of living. Thousand percent. Yeah, I, and it recontextualizes to what we think life is because as long as I'm satisfied and my direct friends, family, circle, like, you know, what's good with me, like, that should really be all we need. And that has been all we evolved to need. Like, why do we need 100,000 strangers to know how productive we were today? Like, it almost doesn't make any sense, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But it does make sense in the fact of like, hey, I did something cool, and I want to share it, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and, And so I understand I understand the other side and I understand the generation that's like just grown up with it as the normal thing. You know, it's like, Hey, like we're, we're just like, we're chatting, we're talking, we're connecting, we're sharing. Like I get that. But for me, it's just too much. Like, you know, I oftentimes think about how much, how many voices and voices can be images, pictures, videos, 
anything that anybody is putting out onto the internet to say, look at this, mm-hmm. look at this, look at this, just simply by scrolling on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, websites like Dig or any of these other like, uh, 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 what are they called? Uh, aggregator type websites where they okay. like post a bunch of news and things like that. It's like the the flow, like imagine if you were at a, uh, a party and you're hanging out mm-hmm. and people just keep coming up to you and being like, Hey, check this out. Did you see this rhinoceros that in Africa? Like what happened to here? Hey, check this out. Did you did you hear about this thing that's going on in DC? Hey, check this thing out. Hey, I wrote this poem. Hey, I I did this meet. Like after a while, you'd be like, all right, all right. Like I gotta take a break. I gotta go outside. I gotta like take a break. Like you, like we all love parties. We all love community and connection. But there comes a time where you're like, this party's getting old, man. I gotta take a break. I gotta get out of here. Right. You know. You know, I, I mean, it's just because it's in the digital realm, it feels differently. But if we, if imagine every time you went onto Instagram, you walked into a party and people were just like, Hey, look at this picture of a zebra. Hey, look at this, this, these lyrics. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at this quote, like check out this author. Right. I'm reading this new book. Hey, I'm in Austin. Now I'm in Sedona. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Like I don't need all this right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know all this right now. Totally. Nor do I want to. It's too much. I feel so much more at peace than than I than I have in a long time. Yeah. Uh, simply just by eliminating some things from my digital diet. Totally, thousand percent. I think a lot of people would feel that, and you know, I've definitely had conversations with friends who have, as well, sometimes deleted uh, their Instagram or just stopped getting on it. You know, they didn't even have to delete it; they just stopped getting on it, and it does seem as if they're you know, feeling better. Um, and there's also this comparison thing that can happen when you're looking at the lives of others and sure. you're feeling like, wow, they're so talented or wow, they're so beautiful or handsome or fit or whatever. And you're like, what am I doing? And it makes you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> right. In a yeah. s- certain sense, there's motivation to be found in that. And I can respect that. Sure, and, yeah. But but there's also this like self-loathing that can come when you're not mentally strong, you know, and you just feel the victim, um, which a lot of people deal with because they aren't fully in their you know, power yet and, and have realized who they are and what they're here to do and, and all this and that. Um, yeah, totally, man. That's just like you were saying with the happiness thing. If you're not set in your power, mm-hmm. let's say, um, then you're more susceptible to being captured and being swayed. Um, so yeah, if it, you know, that's, that's a huge thing. Like if you're accepting and happy and embodied and in your power and then engaging, great, you're going to be yeah. in a much better position. But if you're not, then you're going to be jumping into, you know, an ocean with a lot of waves and you, you never surfed before. And you're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. I'm getting thrown around. I mean, you're talking about the judgments and stuff, like comparison and things. Those are just automatic. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're trying right. to to do that. That's just like what Malcolm Gladwell talked about in his b- great book, Blink. Like these blink judgments that we have to make, biologically speaking, to see if we're safe and where we mm-hmm. secure. Like, you know, it's just we we make judgments all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we will do all kinds of automatic things. Yeah, I would say 
just think about next time, try and bring some awareness when you're scrolling through Instagram next time uh, or TikTok or whatever. And just, and just imagine, like, just, just gain a little bit of awareness so that you could go, oh, what, okay, like, this is what I am doing right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, oh, oh, that's cool. Oh, I don't really like that. Oh, that person sucks. Oh, this is cool. Oh, that person's dope. Oh, that's an awesome image. Oh, I want to use that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I do not like that. It's just like <laughs> a constant, it's a constant conveyor belt uh, buffet mm-hmm. of thoughts, opinions, expressions. And it's a, it's a lot, man. You know, it's we're, our nervous systems are not built for this this right. world that we've created for ourselves. You know, 100%. we we're supposed to be building tools and technologies that can help serve us so that we can be relaxing and increasing our leisure time and the things that we really truly get nourishment from mm-hmm. by using the fullest of this human, you know, meat thing that we are. Right. Like, yeah, let's let's dive into the fullest of of this and let's in, have technology help facilitate that to, to, to come out. And, and what we've gotten into a lot is that we wind up becoming slaves to our systems, mm-hmm. slaves to our algorithms, slaves to our technology, slaves to our work, slaves to our businesses. Yep. You know, we're like, Oh no, I have to respond to that email, even though it's like one in the morning and you know, mm-hmm. you're, or whatever you're like, you're like being intimate with your partner and you're like, Oh, I got to respond to that email. And it's like, put it away. Like mm-hmm. no, it's not going anywhere. You know, um, mm-hmm. we, we have, we can take the power back and decide when we engage and, and that, and that changes the culture, mm-hmm. you know, because I remember one of my first, like one of my first jobs working in social media marketing, I was like on call 24 seven. I was working like 90 to hundred hours a week. Like Damn. It, it didn't stop. It never ended. There was no end. There's no, right. there was no point of like, I go to work, I end work. And then I engage in fun and leisure and pleasure right. and rest and, and other things. It's like, no, you are expected to be on call 24. And most people, when I was living in New York, took this on as, as like almost like a prideful thing. Right. Oh my God, I'm just so busy. I'm just working so much. And it's like an excuse yep. to play harder, you know, by get, yep. getting boozed up and, and going crazy. Totally. Cause we need that release. We like when yep. you're, when you're pressured so much, you need that release. Um, right. but yeah, it's like, we've allowed that culture to exist of like always on call, always messaging, always, you know, so it's going to yeah. take people, it's going to take individuals being like, wait a second, like, how do I feel? Is this really serving me? Mm-hmm. And you know, how, do, how is there a better way to navigate this? Like, how can we do the things that we're here to do and then engage in these technologies without being beholden to the demands and dictates of, of the platform and everyone on them. Absolutely. That's, that's the message I think. And it's not that, you know, never get on Instagram again, don't get on the new social platform. I think these things are tools. Um, they can be helpful, but it's, there's definitely like, um, a danger of abusing them, uh, just like in the way that Joe Rogan would say, like, look, you can abuse cheeseburgers. That doesn't mean cheeseburgers are illegal. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> so it's kind of like you can abuse Instagram, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. No, it, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just like salivating to get this point out. So I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. But it's no, like. Ex- yeah, go ahead. 
Exactly right. Like it's like the we as human beings are very clever. So we have a tendency to think, well, if we just implement a system to control it, then it'll be okay. And that never fucking works. Mm-hmm. We can't invent a system that's going to be above the the capacity for the human being to figure out the loopholes within that system. Right. Because we're always gonna do that. You know, you could say, Hey, cheeseburgers are bad. We're banning cheeseburgers because, you know, diabetes and heart disease, it's just rampant. We got to save people. We got to help people. Are you kidding me? People are going to eat fucking cheeseburgers, man. There's going to be a black market for cheeseburgers. It's going to be all over the place. So you can't stop the human desire for the the wanting of pleasurable, good things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And by... Putting you know them as illegal or barred or banned, like people want them more. They're like, and it does make the black market thing. I mean, look at what happened during the prohibition yeah. of alcohol. You know, like it never went away. Like cannabis never went away. It was made illegal and said to make you crazy, and you're going to kill people if you smoke it. But <laughs> obviously, it never went anywhere. You know? Have you ever watched those old? Yeah, those old videos from like the 1920s or yep. 30s or something. It's like reefer like the, what are these people doing they're crazy why because right. they're smoking the devil's weed from mexico right. reefer and they're like jumping out like the guy like jumps out of a window and mm-hmm. yeah it's like insane man. like there's so much shit that we're doing right now that is equivalent to that fear-mongering mm-hmm. and if we only had the ability to recognize it now in the moment and say Oh yeah, this is just like that. This is nuts. We got to change. But we never do. It's always like, you know, 50 years later that we're like, "Wow, that was nu- that was crazy." I c- can you mm-hmm. believe that that's what was going on then? Right. You know, 100%. Well, there's a couple of things that I wanted to get to as as like tools to help us have a healthier relationship with social media. Um and one of them I heard about on your show. Um it's actually a unreleased episode i'm a patron of mycadelic so i got to hear it early and it was with savage who's also been on my show twice um great guy and he talked about this app called forest which i downloaded and i've actually really enjoyed and the idea is um you're planting a tree you're making a forest but every time you hit plant you cannot move away from the app so that means you cannot check your email, you can't respond to a text, you can't go into Instagram, you can't do whatever. So essentially, it's holding your phone hostage, saying if you want this tree to be planted, you can't move away from this screen. And like, it'll even say like, don't look at me. And it'll say like, stop touching your phone. Like, I, I actually have wondered, is it detecting gyroscope movement? I'm not sure. But it does seem to give you a message of like, don't look at me, like leave this alone until the tree's done. And it's funny because it totally gamifies like the process I want to go through anyway, which is detoxification from the phone and social media and all the being like so available and stuff um, that gives me anxiety. And I have planted so many freaking trees and I feel so great about it. And it's just a funny way to trick your mind into not wanting to be on the phone because you're actually doing something productive by not being on the phone. It, it mm-hmm. reverses it because typically we think we're doing something unproductive by uh, 
okay, it, it makes us think we're doing something unproductive by not being on the phone because we're not seeing what people are up to. We're not posting what we're up to. We're not marketing our brand, whatever it is. Um, this way, I'm actually feeling like what I'm doing that's productive is A, I'm off the phone, which I want to be, and B, I'm growing this tree on the phone. And then you get to see this kind of like forest start building. And if you mess it up, you have a dead tree that you can't get rid of. And you're like, oh, that feels bad. I don't want to see dead trees. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, all I want healthy trees. So um, I just found that to be an amazing, helpful app for people to kind of gamify, like not getting on your phone for however many minutes at a time. The default is 25 minutes, but you can set it to an hour. You can set it to maybe less than 20 minutes. I haven't tried, but um, I've, I've been doing 25 minutes. So you can't touch your phone for 25 minutes and then it's over and you get your tree and you get some points and you can go buy cooler trees. Um, and then I'll set it again a lot of times. And it's kind of like this, uh, this fun little thing where by the end of like the second day using the app, it said you stayed focused for four hours, 25 minutes today. That felt good. That actually felt, you know, like a positive analytic to receive to, reinstill a practice that I've been trying to get into one way or another, sometimes uh, failing. Like this is giving me actually a a better measure of and uh, gamifying it so that it just, it's just fun to not be on my phone. It's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. 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 It's a fun game. How long can I go without being on my phone? Right. And yeah, the advanced version of that app is they they kidnap your pet and they hold it hostage. There's a live feed and they're holding a gun to its head. And if you if you touch your phone, they kill your pet. Oh fuck. Yeah. So so you really gotta throw that phone away. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I, re- I really recommend that app. I heard about it on your show. Um, there is also there are actually iPhone settings that can give you a time to be on Instagram, for example. I have mine set at an hour. Um, but I will be honest, so many times after that hour, I go open it again, just out of the like knee-jerk thing, like dig into your pocket, I'm bored, whatever. And then it'll say, do you want to add 15 minutes to your timer? And I'm like, yes. You know what I mean? So it's like, even that doesn't stop us. Even though we've set a limitation like we breach our own limitation repeatedly. Yeah. Like I, and it's just a tough thing, but this way it's not so much like a limitation as a, as a, as a game, as like a fun mission to accomplish um, with this app forest. And I find totally, that helpful. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. I, I did that for a while too, before I decided to delete, to fully delete it for like a month off my phone. I set the, I think I had for probably the, a year I had time limits on all the the social media apps and it would pop up and it would say, you've reached your time limit. And then it would say like increase limit, ignore Mm -hmm. limit for today, increase by 15 minutes. And I would always hit increase by 15 minutes. Same. So I'm like, yeah, this isn't really working. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta, it's gotta be like the total eradication of, of Mm -hmm. it. Like detox cleanse. So many people do this with food. We got to do it in the digital sphere as well. And it's, on a deeper level, it's also about just valuing yourself more and your time more, right? You know, and and your cognitive capacity and creative output. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like when I was being distracted by social media, uh, and ju- I'll just say interneting, 
mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, let me check Reddit. Let me check Instagram. Let me check this. Let me check that. There's like, what are we doing? Like, we all go to, we all have jobs of like checking the internet. <laughs> Is the internet, <laughs> are people still there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, but like, I haven't read as much. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I've gotten dumber. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, it, it, and, and, uh, so it, it's, it's not good. You know, I really, uh, enjoy cracking into a good book and just sitting, sitting alone, quietly reading a book. Yep. And that has been so difficult to do when, because I'm like, oh, well, I could just, I could watch this YouTube video or I could watch this thing or mm-hmm. I could scroll here or I could do that. It's just like constant information bombardment. I'd have my laptop, my screen, my iPad, my phone, just like, at my desk, just like blasting, like listening to music, watching something, editing, like six different things at the same time. Right. And then, and then what comes from that is like this feeling of, of, of accomplishment, but burnout. And I think a lot of people are addicted to that, like that feeling of like, oh my God, it was so crazy, but I did it. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I got it. I got it done. I was up all night and I was just like, Mm -hmm. and it's like, you don't have to do that. Right, like the something that Savage and I talked about was the Pomodoro technique. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you alluded to a little bit in the show where you yep. like block off an hour of time, you work deeply for an hour, take a break, then get, come back to it. Work deeply for an hour. Set up like one four one hour blocks in your day mm-hmm. to focus on one task, right? One thing, right? You know, that's and, deep work as well. Absolutely. That's deep work. That's deep work. That's how people used to work. Can you imagine that? Like, yeah. you know, and, and so, so many people in the work, I haven't been in the, in the workplace in, in a while, but like, man, I remember being in the workplace and just being like this, there's so many unnecessary interactions. There's so many, mm-hmm. um, like meetings and like things. And, it, and a lot of them are, are, are bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, I mean, I mean, David Graeber's got a great book, Bullshit Jobs. And fuck, I forgot the name. Jared Freed, he's the founder of Basecamp mm-hmm. um, and a couple other like productivity, uh, right. I don't know what you call them. But but he, he has a great book about like how meetings are bullshit, middle management is, is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, we're being distracted and we're being um, – into all we're like roped into all these like formalities right that are just uh kind of meaningless pointless and don't really offer like deep substance you know yeah thousand percent yeah and i wonder i wonder why that is it's all it's really just i think of it as a what do they call it the, the rat runs on that wheel you know a rat yeah wheel. oh the, the or yeah the is it the the hamster wheel. Hamster the rat, wheel. The, they call it the rat race and the hamster wheel. Yeah, yeah. the hamster wheel is is what comes to mind. I suppose the rat could run on there with the hamster. Yeah, rats run on it too. So, <laughs> what's with all the anti-rat propaganda? Come on, guys. <laughs> Rats are cool too. No. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, really, like I do think I do see some jobs as they also call it paper pushing. You know, as it's like yeah almost just like why it's like soul crushing you know it's like i'd mm-hmm. rather earn next to no money and be happy than soul crushed and i have some money you know what i mean so totally <laughs> because what is the greatest resource 
to ever exist. Time. Yeah. Like your, our time is so valuable. The, that is, that is one of the most important things I think that uh, a lot of that gets lost really is that, you know, we really do get to be the the manifestors of our own destiny. Mm-hmm. We get to be the 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 creators of our own story by choosing. You know, I hear a lot of people say things like this. I remember when I went uh, traveling and I went backpacking around Southeast Asia, and my my friends who were working like corporate jobs in in New York City, I think, uh, you know, um, like. I forget the companies, but like high profile companies and stuff. And they're like, Oh, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can. Right. Like you, you have all this money. You live, you're making six more than six figures. You're living in a amazing apartment in New York City. You go out to wonderful dinners and drinks all the time. Mm-hmm. You go to the, like the elite gym, but you're stuck. Yeah. You're stuck in being a slave to the the system that you plugged into. Right. You, but you can choose. You can say, "Hey, work. I'm taking a sabbatical. I need a vacation. I need to le- try and make it work, or just fucking quit." Yeah, it, it reminds me of that <laughs> scene in, in Soul. Take uh, your time back. Yes, remember that scene in Soul, which you had seen Soul before me. You talked about it on our first podcast, um, where there's this guy like in an office, and he's like, and then he like sees. The light and he's like what am i doing here i quit you know yeah yeah it's yeah kind of like that yeah 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 I, mean, I you know it's uh there's this this like illusion it's not even an illusion i guess maybe partly it is an illusion but the, the main kind of fundamental core root is this puritanical um way of like work is noble Mm-hmm. Like work, work for work's sake is noble. So, like, if you're stressed, if you're busy, if you're, you know, racing to get things done, that's that's a noble pursuit. Mm-hmm. Somehow, you know, we've 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 all sort of like internalized and accepted that in some degree. Yeah. Uh, but I would say the more noble pursuit is um, taking back your time. Yeah, and c- claiming your freedom, and claiming your sovereignty, and reclaiming your mind. I, McKenna has such a way with words. He's this great line, like, like reclaim your mind from the bones of a dying society that wants to make you a half baked, brain dead idiot. Why caring about Bill Clinton or yeah. whoever? You know, it's like, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, and and we could even to get even like meta on that. We could even be consuming way too much Terrence McKenna. Mm-hmm. You know, we could be like I, Ramin Nazer had this great little cartoon that he did on put out on his Instagram about like because mm-hmm. I find myself doing this sometimes, reading and watching things about like productivity or like bettering myself rather than actually doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, I love that know, too, like, even in that, even in that domain, I'm mm-hmm. consuming the content. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. so yeah, like even, even to like reading or watching things or acquiring knowledge or wisdom, mm-hmm. we're not going to know it all. We're not going to be exposed to it all, but maybe there's like this trick that we think that we will be because it's all out there. Right. But I think that it's all, it's all right here too. Mm -hmm. Like if we stop and look around like where we are and what's right in front of us, 
that could actually be more expansive right. in a lot of ways. Like I've been journaling and writing and uh, consistently That's awesome. for the past like two months. And, I've, and I'm like, wow, this is so interesting that I, I could actually feel more expansive in this process of rearranging 26 letters on a piece of paper to mm-hmm. mean something than going out there to find the thing, the buzzing, the flashing, the videos, the people, the this, right. that. And it's like, wow, when I just sit with my own thoughts and I just put these words on this mm-hmm. paper, right? Like 26 letters of the alphabet and I get to rearrange them however I want. Right. And then and I'm like, wow, so simple, but so massive as yeah. well. Such a huge opening. That makes me think and feel like, you know, words and writing is a form of art. Mm-hmm. And you are literally doing an act of creation by journaling. Mm-hmm. And those acts of creation are the things that fulfill us. Um, at least for me as a creative person, like it has always been like when a new song is done, a new podcast is out, a new video is done, and it's like we put the ball in it and it's like, it's like done and I feel good. It's like, wow, I did a thing, I, you know, and I feel gleeful and happy and joyous and I want to dance and scream and all that <laughs> stuff that yeah. doesn't come from the rat wheel stuff, that doesn't come from the social media scrolling, that doesn't come from... So it's just like prioritizing those things that actually give you joy. Like people have honestly become disconnected from joy. They, you know, like they may hardly ever feel it. And that's just a sad state of affairs. And But but we all deserve to feel it. We all can feel it. Um, it just, it's a balancing act. You know, it's not completely delete everything and never get on it again, but it's definitely not be on it as much as possible. And to, yeah, to yeah. speak to your point about whether it be self-help or podcasts or audiobooks, like I definitely resonate with that as something that I do use to motivate me. You know, I'll, I'll find certain YouTube channels I like, or, you know, you'd almost call them gurus. They're not like gurus in the sense of like, you know, like Ram Dass or, or Osho or anything like that, but they're just people who can kind of share their insight on what they would have done if they were my age and now they're 40 or whatever it is. Um, I definitely have fallen into rabbit holes of listening to those things back to back to back. And it, and I do feel like I am learning stuff, but at the same time, it is just another form of escape where you're like, you're feeling like, you're being productive by listening to a dude talk about being productive. And sometimes it's not true, you know? So there's a balance in it. And just like, it's really all comes back to self-awareness, you know? It's like, okay, I listened to some stuff for today, but now I need to do some stuff. It's like, yeah, it's not just on the rat wheel. I feel like I'm, I'm being productive and I'm learning and I'm on YouTube all day now, not Instagram. So you just traded it over. It's like, no, like, getting back into your life, into your body. That's another thing I wanted to mention too, is with this phone thing where I've been using like the, the forest app, um, a thing that calls to me as something to do is physical activity, which previously, you know, uh, it's not like I'm an unphysical person, but it's definitely not something at the top of my mind, the way it is for our, mm. our, my friend, Steven, for example, like every day he has to work out. He's like our workout yeah. champ- champion, you know? Um, but I've been doing, between 50 and 60 push-ups a day, 
which for nice. me is a good step in the right direction. Hell yeah, that's that's amazing, dude. You know, yeah. um, and a lot of the time it's when I put my phone off. It's like, well, I can't look at that. So what is there to do? Like, I'll listen to this podcast I'm editing, but you don't need to be right in front of it the whole time. You kind of just listen for like pops and cracks and things to edit out. Um, so I was like doing like a couple rounds of 20 pushups, you know, and that's good. And I actually like only a week or two into it can start to see some physical things changing. And it's, it's reaffirming that, Hey, this is good for you. It's way better than just being on the phone, you know, building a little muscle, getting those dopamine, you know, whatever they are that makes you feel good about working out. There's certainly something that makes you feel good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's the feeling good. Mm-hmm. You know, and feeling good in a, a different kind of way. Feeling good during and after a workout is a different feeling than like, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm high and I'm like just scrolling on Instagram and I'm like, ha, oh, yeah, that's funny. Or like, you know, there's a, there, you you mentioned joy, right? Like mm-hmm. there's there's a a deeper level of of joy. There's a deeper level of feeling good, nourishment. It's a um a more like longer lasting, sustained, consistent, constant, evenly spread feeling of like healthy feeling good, healthy joy, and a deeper level of that joy when you're like, wow, you know, and, and also you, you know, comparison is the death of joy as you've heard, right? Like, it's like, like when we start comparing, then we're like, oh man, you know, I mean, I, I only did 50, 60 pushups, but like, you know, I mean, it's not as much as like, um, this other guy or whatever, but you know, it's all about you. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about us. Like, this is why the, some of the guys that I mentioned before, like Cal Newport, James Clear, uh, Ryan Holiday, a lot of, uh, I think Dan Harris is another one. Mm-hmm. A lot of their message is just get a little bit better each day for yourself. Yeah. You know, if, if all you can do is 10 push ups, just do 10. Yeah. Do 10 as as many, you know, as many times as you can for as long as you can. And then eventually you'll do more. Yep. You, <laughs> you will. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's got to start from somewhere. And I think we live in a culture that's like you, wherever you're starting from is not good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like it should be the reverse. It should be like whatever you're doing, wherever you're starting from is amazing because you're yeah. fucking doing it. Right. You know? Yep. You're actually doing it. Do do 10 push-ups. Do, you know, do uh five minutes of of reading. Yeah. Just do five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the, and then just do that until you're like, wow, this is actually, I'm actually enjoying this. Right. So yeah, starting small, going slow, and then celebrating yourself for doing it and yes. not comparing. You know, Absolutely. and then and the comparison is natural. Because as Marshall McLuhan has said in in his book, the medium is the message. Mm -hmm. The medium of Instagram, the medium of of television, the medium of the internet, they all have an inherent message that comes with it by the the nature of its design and function, by the nature of what the container is. So the medium for, for the message for Instagram is like, distraction, ADHD, like shallow surface level. It's just like very quick comparison, judgment. Look at this, look at that. Mm -hmm. So we can't help but be like, oh, well, I'm not really where I want to be because I'm not where this guy is. But it's like, hey, you're doing it. You know, you're you're doing it. And you're going to be, as long as you're doing it for yourself and you're going to be satisfied with yourself, then then you're going to be feeling really good. thousand percent. Yep. And also this like, 
this comes back to spirituality a little bit, but realizing that we're on our own unique path and the path that someone else took, like, isn't your path. It's their path. So, like, why would you compare? Why would you say, well, you know, I'm a music producer and I'm, I'm 30 and that other music producer had written, like, a platinum album when he was 20 so now I'm behind. What's wrong with me? Why am I no good? Because a 20-year-old has done what I want to do, you know, and we're comparing. And it's like, dude, it's just his path that he would write that at 20. Like, you aren't now behind because you haven't. Um, and I get this sense in spiritual communion with plant medicines, with my higher self, or whatever happens here that everything is in divine timing. Everything happens exactly as it should, exactly when it needs to for you, not to you. Like, and I get this glimpse of even times when I was wronged, like the lesson in me being wronged that I needed to learn. And there's a silver lining in it. And there's a silver Mm -hmm. lining in everything and the timing of everything. And nothing is late. Nothing is early. Everything happens right as it should in this divine, you know, timing, um, yeah. An experience that could not be more perfect. It literally is so perfect that, you know, that's why people like have life changing. It, this is a life changing activity to go into these realms and see like, Oh my God, everything that I've been through is all for me to learn, to be here now in this moment, to realize it so that I can like be thankful and grateful for this life and continue to press on with a feeling of purpose and mission and so on and so forth. It really can change everything to understand that, yeah, things happen to you, or sorry, things happen for you and not to you. Even when you're a victim, there's something in there to learn. Right. Yeah. So I was just watching... Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix. I've recently got into it. I've never watched it before, but it's great. It's really Mm -hmm. great. Uh, And it's so nerdy, but great. It's really good. And in one of the episodes that I watched yesterday, Captain Picard, Patrick Stewart's character, uh, the captain of the ship, he has an artificial heart because he had uh, an injury when he was a young cadet. He got into a fight with some other alien species, <laughs> and he got stabbed through the chest with a sword through his heart. So he had to get an artificial heart. And now in this episode, he was having uh, – he had a, a, a phaser blast and had to go into surgery, and they had to fix his artificial heart. And he was on the table dying, and he went to the other realm to meet one of these guys who has like magical powers in the show keeps popping up and his name is Q. Mm. Uh, And he says, okay, well I'll give you a chance to go back and right the wrongs of your past mistakes. Yes. So he goes back in time and lives that section of his life again to try and avoid the fight that got him stabbed through the heart. Wow. So he winds up doing that. But then when he comes back to the present day, He's alive again in the present day, but he's no longer the commander uh, Mm -hmm. of the ship. Mm -hmm. He's a lowly, like, 
grunt work level officer mm -hmm. who not a lot of people like really respect and not a lot of people really know him. Mm -hmm. And he's like terrified because he's like, what the fuck happened? Right. And this guy was basically saying like the, the guy who magically brought him back to the past was like, you made the decision to avoid getting that stabbing through the heart, but that stabbing through the heart is the very thing that made you the person that you are today. Yes. So thousand percent to, to that, you yeah. know, that point it's like, oftentimes we experience these things in our lives. Like, why is this happening? Why is this going on? Why am I feeling this way? They're messages. Yeah. They're messages for us. And we, we either take those messages or we ignore them. And that determines the kind of life that we have. Thousand percent. Wow. I love that. I love that. I don't know if we can end it much better than in a place like that, but yeah, all in all, you know, the message here is about balance. It's about getting into your life, your body. Um, it's not that social media is necessarily bad, but it is, there's just a balance to it and we could be over consuming it. We could be squandering our potential. You know what I mean? Like we really all have so much potential to be everything we want and more. You'd be surprised. I yeah. mean, I'm surprised every day that I am where I am. And, but in a certain sense, I'm not because I worked for it. So it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's definitely beyond my wildest dreams. Like I never would have thought I would have accomplished the things that have happened, you know, and it's crazy just by showing up and continuing to believe and continuing to try. And there's so much, so much further to go. Like this is still the beginning and it's always the beginning. It's crazy, but yeah, dude, it's always the beginning. That's true. Every day is a new day. Mm -hmm. Every day is a, a brand new life. So yeah, yep. be, being grateful for that really helps a Absolutely. lot. I think, you know, having a gratitude practice for sure. Yeah. Helps you, helps you take in, helps you take in all the things that you have. Because mm -hmm. we all have, we all really do have so much when we think about it. Mm -hmm. All the people in our lives that love us, that care about us, all the all the support, the generosity, everything that we that we take for granted because you mm -hmm. can't help but take for granted of it because it's just part of our life every day. Right. But taking the time to reflect and be grateful for the things that we have helps us come fully more into acceptance of ourselves and who we are and what we really want and how we really want to live, what, what we're really here for, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much for being here, for sharing these stories. Um, this is super insightful for me. And then I hope the listeners got something out of it as well. So where can people connect with you, find you, your podcast and all your links and whatnot? On the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the internet we go. Yeah, yeah, go to the internet, <laughs> type in Mikeadelic Podcast. My website is mikebrank.com. Uh, I would say the best way to get in touch with me is email mikeadelicpod at gmail.com because I'm not really doing the, the socials and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, find me, reach out, say hi. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Mike.